And you're back with Encounter with God. But before we get to our Encounter with God, we need to catch up with our quiz clue because we are a little bit behind. We gave Wayne a little bit of extra time there because there's so much to say about slavery in our world, which was um, such a topical subject. And we're going to get Wayne back on to... Um, talk to us about yeah, I really hope more we do, of his experiences. Because I have about working with yeah, a thousand more questions for him. and yeah, But it's amazing. $2 a day? $2 a day is all it takes to keep a child out of slavery. It's like cheaper than a chocolate bar. And we're putting, of course, all of his links uh, for Asian Aid up on our Facebook page so that you can get in contact with them. And uh, you can keep however many children out. Of, yeah, a chocolate bar a day uh, keeps a child out of slavery. It's amazing. It definitely is something that's worthwhile doing and uh, I, think, I definitely think we should have him back. Look at us here both, the two of us, Lyle, sitting here blowing our noses. <laughs> yes, you're getting over the flu and I've got a touch of hay fever. Have I? Oh. It has been a bad season for hay fever and I don't know why. It's like, what's with... What's with okay, yeah, there it goes. Uh-huh. I was just concerned. Straight into the microphone. I was concerned. Well done. <laughs> I turned away from the microphone. I was concerned that I'd given you my flu because you're, you're sitting there like reaching for the tissues more than I am and I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> no, nah, it's just hay fever. Thankfully, it is a curable disease. <clears throat> anyway. And there she goes again. <laughs> all right. Sorry. So, By the way, I just want to say thank you for all the people who have been praying for me while I was sick. Um, I've been hearing dribs and drabs coming in every, every day. Someone you know, lets me know they've been praying for me, and I really appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah. I am on the upswing. It still hurts a little bit to talk, and my nose is still being profuse, but... <laughs> Here is clue number three. <laughs> Let's just I have change never heard the word profuse <laughs> used in relationship to a nose before. Oh, my, my nose is definitely being profuse today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so clue number three. Who am I? Which Bible character is this? I was afraid of God because he killed Uzzah for touching the Ark of God. That's Uzzah, not Uzzah. Oh, whatever. My nose is Uzzah. <laughs> Uzzah. I was afraid of God because he killed Uzzah for touching the ark of God. Who was afraid of God? Give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Mm-hmm. Somebody who was <coughs> only three quarters Israelite, yet a great Israelite hero. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's turn our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Oh, yeah. Where are we up to in our... Um We've been talking about the immortality of the soul and the dangers that the teaching of the immortality of the soul oh. uh, brings, you know, and how it sets people up to think that, you know, or, you know, think that they can communicate with the dead. I mean, if you believe that the dead are not dead and that Satan did not lie when he said you will not surely die, but you continue to live in another form, then give me one valid reason why you should not try and communicate with the dead. Yeah. Did it, uh, yeah. God says you should not communicate with the dead. Why does he say that? Because the dead are dead and you are not communicating with the dead. You are communicating with evil spirits. You know, the story of the witch of Endor is such a great example of this. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that God refused to speak to Saul, mm-hmm. not through the prophets, not through the high priest, not through anyone. He had, God had reached the point where Saul had committed the unpardonable sin. He had gone too far and God refused to speak to him. So what does Saul do? He goes to the witch of Endor and she sees spirits coming up out of the ground. And, you know, the first question that goes through my mind is, okay, if 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 she saw Elijah, mm. why would Elijah come at the command of a witch? Righteous Elijah. Yeah. Why would he come out of the ground? Wouldn't he be coming down from heaven? That's right. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she sees an old man covered with a mantle, and Saul perceives that it's Saul, that it's that it's uh, um, not Elijah. Um, what am I saying? 
Samuel. Samuel. Mm-hmm. She, you know, he, he perceives that it's He has no idea that it's Samuel. He's just like, oh, this must be Samuel. And so they have a conversation. He's just having a conversation with the devil, and the devil's just playing with him. You know, this is, this is a prime example of why you should never have anything to do with speaking to the dead because you are speaking to demons. I actually, I'm really glad we're going to continue talking you know, about and, this. And the other thing is, yeah, why, would, why would God, who has refused to speak through the prophets, who has refused to speak through the high priest, who has refused to speak through the Urim and the Thummim, mm-hmm. say, oh, yeah, I'll speak through a dead Samuel. Yeah. He, I think God he has already was, said, I'm not going to talk to yeah. you. I'm not going to talk to you. I um I'm actually really glad we're talking about this because I uh I'm watching I watched a documentary last night while I was sewing. Would you believe? Um, it's a travel documentary and uh, going through uh, Europe. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, th- they went to Bosnia. the The travel presenter went to Bosnia, and uh, there's the third most visited. Um, Catholic site in Bosnia. Yes, I've yes. been there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Where's your jewelry? And uh, it's a village. That's it. Where I think it was like six six young kids. They're like in their early early twenties or teens. Yep. They saw the an apparition of the Virgin Mary. That's right. Right. And they've one of them. And they interviewed one of them because you know this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't like you know hundred years ago. This was recently. So these kids are now in you know middle age. They're like in their early forties, and uh, and they were interviewing one of the ladies about her experience seeing this apparition, and um, and I was really astounded because she, you know, she's talking about seeing someone who is dead, and um. And then she was saying, you know, it was such an important experience for her because she's continued to see these apparitions throughout her life, like, you know, once, maybe twice a year. And she said it's so it's so important to her that it's more important than the lives of her children. And she said, like, I'm a mother and people would understand that they would give their life for their, for their daughters, for their sons and daughters, for their kids. But she said, when, when I see that apparition, like, not even the lives of my children matter. And I was very concerned. If you know, seeing evil spirits can take the place of the safety of your children, then I think you know that's the danger zone. I think that's where the danger can go. You know, when you're looking, when you're seeing these, uh, these, uh, you know, ghosts or, or or spirits, it can re reorganize your priorities basically yeah. to, into a dangerous list. Yeah, yeah, that that, that is absolutely, and. Um yeah, I've been to. Have you have you been to Medjugorje? I have. I uh, no, I've been to Bosnia, but I've never been to Medjugorje. No. Yeah, I did go there, and um, I won't go into detail. But it was an education. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was it was a scary, scary education. And it's an interesting place because you know it's it's a sort of a nothing place, but because of these apparitions, um, it's made it into a famous boon town of tourism. Um, even though the, apparently the Catholic Church and the Pope refused to acknowledge it um, as an actual sighting uh, um, of the Virgin Mary, so yeah, you've got about three long streets of vendors that are selling stuff mm-hmm. and money changes, um, and it was uh, the the thing that the thing that made me just deeply sad was that I went looking through these stores and through these vendors and street sellers and so forth, and I was looking for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it, Jesus wasn't there. And I searched and searched and searched and Jesus was just not there. I could not find him anywhere. Mm-hmm. Eventually I did find Jesus. He was dead, but there was no live Jesus. 
um, it was just you know it was just all Mary. It was there was no Jesus anywhere. And I know this and might be like, a bit. You know, what 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 what, um, what what benefit do we have in taking people's attention away from Jesus to somebody else who was a human being? Who whereas Jesus was God. I, I don't want. I wonder. I, and that's not down to to downplay in, in any way or shape. You know, the Virgin Mary. Yeah, and the role was, she had, and the role she yeah. had, and she, how she was honoured by God, but she was a human being, whereas Jesus is God. I don't want to be too controversial, but I do want to ask you: Would people see Mary? Has Mary ascended? Is you know, are those real apparitions, or is that you know? A spirit. This is actually a really interesting question. One of our listeners, actually, we had a bit of a conversation on Facebook about this recently. Um, Mary is mentioned about, Mary the mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary is mentioned um, about half as many times in the Bible as Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a very minor biblical character. The Bible has very, very little to say about Mary. Now, we have a record in the Bible of Moses being resurrected from the dead, of Elijah being taken to heaven without dying, and Enoch as well. But there's no record of such a thing for Mary. So the only conclusion that we can come to is that Mary is waiting for the resurrection along with everybody else who has died as a righteous, holy person. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so that's um, you know, when we can when we consider the Virgin Mary, then you know we we need to remember her and respect her as a a very special person who was very um, honoured by God, but once again a human being like you and I. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and when it uses the word all, there are no exceptions other than Jesus Christ, uh, who the Bible says you know never sinned, um, and so you know. I think that she was certainly a, a, a lot more of a holy person than uh, than myself, um, definitely, but not without fault. You know, human beings are not without fault, and we need to recognize that. Um, she was somebody who found salvation through the grace of her son. Imagine giving birth to the to the uh, the person, you know, to a baby that would, you know, save you. Mm, absolutely, um, just a, an amazing thought. You know, holding a. Uh, a helpless little child in your arms and, and realizing that this little baby that you're holding right now would actually save you eternally. So, you know, some in- incredible, but, you know, we should not be making Mary into God. We should not be placing her on the same level as God. When I was in the Vatican, there's a um, a statue in, in one of the churches there in Rome that has Jesus Christ on the cross, which is not unusual, but on the other side of the cross is hanging Mary. Mm-hmm. And it's called the co-redemptrix, which means that, you know, the co-redeemer, Mary the co-redeemer. And, and no, Mary is not my co-redeemer. Jesus is my only redeemer. And we need to focus on Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, we need to, to look at Mary and we need to consider, um, you know, that, um, you know, she was a holy, you know, a, a holy person whose example is good to follow, but also recognize she's a human being like you and I. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chosen by God for just an amazing work. And that might be a bit hard for some people to, to I don't want to say swallow, but yeah. yeah well, if you've got some thoughts on it, um, feel free yeah, to give us a give call us a or call. send us some messages. I've, you know, been as I said, I've been having some conversations on this subject, and uh, it's a really important subject to be talking about. And the great thing that I really appreciate, you know, with the individual I was talking about, you know, on the subject of Mary, was that um, you know, in the end, he came back to me and said, "Yes, you, you know, we need to be focusing on Jesus. Let's mm. let's just keep our focus on Jesus, because He is." Our only true example. Mm. You know, we can learn a lot from all of these other examples that we have in the Bible, 
but Jesus is our only perfect example. Let's focus on Jesus, and uh, you can never go wrong focusing on Jesus. Mm. You can go wrong focusing on a human being. You can never go wrong focusing on Jesus. So this is one of the dangers with the immortality of the soul teaching is that, you know, well, why wasn't Mary there? You know, what's 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 wrong with all of this? And, of course, now you've got this whole um, system that has been built up around it which has become similar to idolatry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Now, people do certainly, uh, they, they really deeply love um, Mary, the Virgin Mary, and uh, and the attachment can be very deeply emotional, And uh, but, you know, emotions don't make truth. But if you would like to talk to us about it, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is 1-800-324-843. We'd love to hear from you. Maybe if you've had some experience um, seeing the Virgin Mary or any other kind of apparition, you can give us a call and uh, and tell us about it. But you had me turning to the book of Ecclesiastes before. I did. Before I, did. Well, we before I even sidelined got you with my you tales of travel documentaries. <laughs> yes. Travel is one of your favorite things, Mon. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy travel as well. Okay, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 5. 9 and verse 5 says, The living at least know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, nor are they remembered. Okay, so how much does the Bible say that the dead know? Nothing. Okay, verse 6. Whatever they did in their lifetime, loving, hating, envying, is all gone. They no longer play a part in anything here on earth. There you go. So in my translation also, their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. And down in verse 10. Whatever you do, do well. For when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge of or wisdom. Okay, so this is a fairly simple verse that we've got right here. And it really does outline in the in the clearest possible language. It's almost as if uh, Solomon was, you know, looking down through the stream of history and saying, "Hey, you know, there's potential here that people will get messed up on this subject. So mm. I'm going to, you know, write it down as clear as I can. The dead don't know anything. They don't have any emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, because there is no wisdom. There is no um, knowledge. Uh, there is no building anything mm-hmm. or planning anything." Once you die. I particularly like how it says whatever they did in their lifetime, loving, hating, envy, it's all gone. It's like everything stopped yeah. when they died because I think people often believe that, you know, we see ghosts or ghosts are coming back because they have some like unfinished business to take care of. But it's not a, the Bible clearly says whatever they did, it's all done now. It's gone. It's stopped. Yeah, absolutely. And... um you know, this is what, what Jesus says so clearly in the Gospel of John, if we go over there very quickly. We've read this verse a few times, but you know, Jesus makes it so abundantly clear. And this is such a precious promise that we have right here. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, it says, Marvel not at this. Don't marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves will hear his voice. The Bible is really clear where the dead are. Mm. The Bible says all that are in the grave shall hear his voice um, and will come forth, those that have done good to the resurrection of life and those that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. Now, when we come to our quiz clue for today, Mm. um, we have the story of an individual who is one of the greatest Israelite heroes of all time, who I won't name. Mm. Uh, 
as one of the greatest, greatest Israelite heroes of all time, here's another clue for you. Mm-hmm. He is called a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Yep, he certainly is. So the Bible is very, very clear that this particular individual is a saved man. Mm-hmm. Clue number two. Read that one for us again. Peter said, I didn't ascend to heaven. So this is a who am I? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this particular individual, a man after God's own heart, greatest Israelite hero of all time, um, and you know somebody's obviously clearly saved. The Bible says, where did he not go? Heaven. Okay, if we go over to that sermon, uh, I can't give you the verse because the verse is going to give you the name. That's right. Just uh, but the but, but the verse does say, mm-hmm. and here's another clue. You can find the story in Acts chapter two. The Bible does say exactly where he is. The Bible says, okay, this individual is not in heaven, mm-hmm. but he is in the grave, where people go when they die. Exactly. It's waiting for the resurrection. The Bible is so clear about this. Yeah. I almost feel like we should all give Lyle a round of applause for being able to talk about the quiz without giving away the <laughs> <laughs> I was just staring and bug-eyed that whole time going, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Daniel. Let's go to the book of Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Daniel chapter 12. And we'll, re- we'll read Daniel 12 and verse 2. If you could read that one for us, please. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. You know what it says in my translation? What? Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Mm -hmm. So you've got two things here. First of all, your translation says they lie dead and buried and they will come back to life. Mm -hmm. Mine says that they are sleeping in the dust of the earth. Now, when you are sleeping, how much knowledge do you have? How much are you praising God? How much are you, you know, um, building things or doing things or having wisdom? Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. You are dead to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we talk about that. Yep. And uh, it sounds like you might have been a little bit in that of a kind of a condition this morning. <laughs> I was. <laughs> oh, dear. What will we do with you, Mon? <laughs> I think you should actually take up morning crafts. But anyway, we're going to move on with this subject in just a moment, but now we're going to listen to Anna Beden, and she's going to bring to us the song, I Am Convinced. And I am convinced that no from God's love and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love neither death nor life neither angels or demons neither our fears for today about the future not even the power of hell can never separate us from God's love I 
I am convinced here on Faith FM. You know, Mon, I'm just thinking back to that uh, section that we had about uh, slavery and particularly uh, child slavery where Wayne Ulrich was sharing with us from Asian Aid and Mm. how that he mentioned that it only takes $2 a day to keep a child out of slavery. Mm -hmm. Um, And just uh, wanted to reiterate that we have uh, the Asian Aid details up on our Facebook um, page. And if if you would like to spend $2 a day, the, the the, the cost of a chocolate bar... To keep a child out of slavery, which I think that uh, everybody can do. It's cheaper than coffee. People will be fucking out like 5 to $7 for a coffee these days, every day. Without even thinking about without it. Without even thinking yeah, about without it. Without even blinking. And uh, if you can do that, then you can keep a child out of slavery. It's mm-hmm. that simple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so uh, the details are up there on the Facebook page. Go have a look and uh, get in contact with these guys. They have been doing an amazing work for the last 50 years. This is not a fly-by-night charity. This is one that's been around for a very long time indeed. It's a good charity. It's one that I support. It's my favourite charity. It's my go-to charity, actually. No, oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to give another clue. Is that all right? Oh, okay. You're giving another clue. I'm going to Okay, so our next clue for our Who Am I quiz is Saul attempted to pin me to the wall twice by hurling a spear at me. <laughs> Isn't that just so scary? Yeah, it's pretty freaky. Saul was pretty upset with this guy. Okay, so if you think you know the answer, the number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Give us a call. We'll send you the prize. I shouldn't really laugh about that, should I? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want a, a spear held. In hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, it just seems like an interesting story. But um, yeah, Saul was really struggling with depression and um, was oppressed particularly by a demon. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, oh, this is when the um, this particular person was playing some lovely music for him to on a harp. Yeah, to ease his depression and mm-hmm. went into a. Shows the power of good music, doesn't it? It does because rather. he wasn't singing or anything. Yeah, that's right. It was just music, just music by itself, and the demon could not stay in the presence of good music. You know, you reverse that equation, you get the wrong kind of music. It's going to bring the demons in. 
Yeah, so maybe pretty, maybe yeah. we should think about the kind of music that we listen to, you know. Well, it's a good thing we play such nice music on our station. Absolutely. If you are <laughs> if you are struggling with demons in your home, tune to Faith FM and leave your radio tuned there. Uh, the demons do not like to be in the presence of good, wholesome music that is praising God. Now we need to go to in our Bibles Psalms. Uh, sorry, not Psalms. Actually, there's a couple of verses here. Psalms 115, verse 17. Psalms 115 and verse 17. We're talking about the immortality of the soul here. And this particular psalm was possibly written by, a, from memory, a descendant of the person in the clue, but it may have been written by, by the clue. I'll just find out when I get there. Did you say Psalm 105? 115. Oh, 115. I'm not sure who wrote this one, actually. My Bible does not say. Anyway. Uh, verse 17 where it says this the dead do not praise God neither any that go down into silence is that clear enough very clear yeah yeah I think when I get to heaven the first thing I'm going to be doing is praising God I don't think you can be in heaven without praising God mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so clearly the dead are not in heaven in this particular context Psalms 146 Psalms 146. And we're going to look here uh, in verse 4. Yeah, verse 3 is good as well. Don't put your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goes forth. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. So once again, the Bible is clear that dead people don't have any thoughts. They're not thinking things. And I think when I get to heaven, I'm going to be thinking lots of things. The Bible is painting a really clear picture of nothingness. Like the dead, like it's just nothing. Sleep. Nothing's going on. Sleep. Nothing's going on whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, and so for those who enjoy sleep, you know, yeah. this is not something to be scared of. Yeah, that's right. I have never been gone. I've never laid down in my bed and gone to sleep and gone. Oh no, I'm so terrified. I'm going to go to sleep. My pillow is my best friend, and it's like <laughs> ah, I can sleep. People love sleeping. <laughs> Absolutely. Not that death is a good thing. I shouldn't give that impression mm. in any way, shape, or form. Death is an enemy. The Bible says, and I think our next passage over here in First Corinthians chapter 15 is going to to bring this out very, very clearly. Uh, so 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is where we're going now. But it's not something to be afraid of um, because it is somewhere that you sleep until the resurrection. And, you know, as with the resurrection, it's just a blink. You know, it's just a blink and, and, and the resurrection will be there. You know, you know how it's when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't remember all those long hours laying in bed sleeping. Yeah, no, you don't. If you toss and turn all night, then, yeah, the night goes kind of long. But... Um, not if you're asleep. Okay, do you want to read for us verse uh, 51 through, let's see. Oh, actually, it's the, we've got some different verses here. First Corinthians 15, verse 16, 17, and 18. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then... Oops, sorry, lost my place. Sorry, and if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we have more to be pitied than anyone in the world. There you go. Uh, And of course, in my translation, uh, the King James, it says, Then those also which are fallen asleep in Christ. Mm. 
are lost. So that's what that phrase, sleeping in Jesus, sleeping in Yeah, Christ. that's right. Absolutely. The Bible describes death as a sleep. And, you know, we could look at verse after verse after verse right through the Bible. Wherever you go in the Bible, the Bible does not describe death as being life in another form. Mm-hmm. The Bible describes death as being asleep. That's very, very clear. Um, you know, Jesus talks about Lazarus and says, you know, Lazarus sleeps. I'm going to wake him up. And his disciples will, don't wake him up. He'll get better from his illness. Mm. And Jesus is like, no, 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 he's dead. That's what I mean. He's dead. You know, that's what death is. And then, you know, Martha comes and like, what are you, Lord, if you'd have been here, my, my son, you know, my, my brother would not have died. And Jesus is like, you know, I'm the resurrection and the life, you know. And, and, and then she goes on and she says, I know that he will be raised again in the resurrection at the last day. Mm. She doesn't go, you know, I know he's in a better place right now, but I miss him so much. She's like, no, I know he'll be resurrected at the last day. That was where her hope was. Yeah. That was what Jesus had taught her. Then Jesus goes to the tomb and he doesn't tell Lazarus to come down out of heaven. Imagine how cruel that would be. Mm, exactly, yeah. He doesn't tell Lazarus to come up out of the earth, mm-hmm. you know, or, or from up from hellfire or anywhere down below. He simply says, Lazarus, come forth. Come out. Because Lazarus was right there in front of him in the cave. Mm-hmm. It was you know, just so simple right there. Mm-hmm. Lazarus. And imagine if Je- you know, Lazarus was obviously raised because he was a righteous person. If he'd have been in heaven, we would have his testimony. Yeah, absolutely. You know, four days in heaven, that would be really a special story to write. Yeah. But he had nothing to say about what had happened while he was dead because he had been sleeping waiting for the resurrection. Just from having a big snooze, really. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So we could, you know, there are so many verses here. If we go over to um, a little bit further down in this passage, oh, there's so many good verses and there's so little time, but I'm just going <laughs> to read this uh, one here. Um, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. That's when the resurrection will take place. That's when we will be changed and not before at the last trumpet, the Bible says. We're going to listen to Endless Praise with God Is. Give us a call if you want to ask the question of the day. 1-800-FAITH-FM He was the cloud by day And fire by night He was the closest friend The guiding light To the palm that's where they saw his hand But he was, he was, he was The beginning and the end So powerful then Yes, mighty still The forever unchanged Though I fall and turn away God, you heal me, you provide for me God was, God will be, God is Just a child can know A deep love can show
a mighty seal, the forever unchanged. Though I fall and turn away, God, you heal me. Praise with God is here on Faith FM. Do we have a clue left, Mon? Yes, we've got one last clue. Okay. I already gave this clue away. You gave it away on our Instagram. Yes. So if you're on Instagram, following our Instagram account, which you should be, which is, what is our Instagram called? You should absolutely check us out. We are Faith FM Live. It's F-A-I-T-H-F-M-L-I-V-E. All lowercase, all one word. Faith FM Live. Follow us on Instagram. We put the clues up on our Insta story. Sometimes we uh, live stream from there as well. We put up some of the shenanigans that happen in between our airings. Um, so you definitely check out stuff on there. And yeah, you can actually get a jump on it because we put all the clues up on our Insta story this morning before we, before we broadcast live <laughs> on the radio. So, yeah. Sneakiness right there. want to get ahead. Um, the last clue of this Who Am I quiz is I wrote the 23rd Psalm. And a bunch of other ones as well. Not all of them. Yeah, Solomon wrote some. Are you seeing that Asaf, rain coming Asaf down Asaf the It is dumping out it's there. It's like someone just flicked a switch and now it's just kaboom. We've had no rain for what, two months? And yeah. And now it is just absolutely. You, you know why it's raining? Why? Because two days ago, I transferred all the water from my reserve tank to my main tank. <laughs> and now all this water is going into my main tank, which is almost full already. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could make it rain. Oh, Lyle, you're hilarious. <laughs> knew I could make it rain. Okay, we have a question of the day that's come in from our listener, a mm-hmm. uh, lady called Jessica, and she wanted to know, what does it mean to watch unto prayer? It is a strange phrase, yeah. watch unto prayer. 
Okay, so this phrase comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 in the King James Version. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And it's, it's something you often hear like preachers say when they're like warning you about the end times, about Jesus coming and getting ready. Watch unto prayer and watch unto prayer. Like, what does it actually yeah. mean? <laughs> There's a bit of Christianese happening here. Have to watch someone pray? Is that what it means to watch no, unto prayer? No, not at all. Okay, so the word watch. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's consider the word watch. In Nehemiah 4 verse 9, uh, Nehemiah says, Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them. So they were building the wall of Jerusalem and their enemies had surrounded the city and were you know wanting to make raids on them on occasions. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't stop building the wall. They continued building the wall. They prayed to God and they set a watch. So a watch is someone who is continually involved in an activity, in this case, of uh, guarding the wall. Okay, so it wasn't like setting a clock, but they set like a watchman. They set a watchman. Mm -hmm. And so watching under prayer would be a very, very similar kind of language that is being used right here, where you are diligent about your prayer, where you are continual about your prayer. And so in uh, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul says, pray without ceasing. Mm. And so this is what would it, what it would mean. A watch is somebody that you set in a particular place who never leaves that. Mm. And so to watch under prayer means to pray without ceasing, not to, to, to not stop praying. Well, I really like the um, the the, uh, the NLT version. version. Yeah, the NLT version it makes it makes it really nicely understood. So, mine First uh, Peter four seven says, "The end of the world is coming. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers." Okay, earnest and disciplined, and yeah. I like that. And you know, some people ask me, "How do you? How is it that you pray without ceasing? How do you pray all the time?" Mm. Obviously, you're not got your your, your kneel down, eyes closed, hands folded kind of uh, attitude mm-hmm. of prayer twenty four seven. No, it simply means to open the connection between you and God in the morning, and then leave that connection open all day so that messages can come from Him to you, and from you to Him at any point throughout the day. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. Stay right there. We are going to have a song break and then we're going to come back and we're going to be giving away free stuff. So get your phones out, get ready. First person through will get our free giveaway today. Hi, my name is Luca. I go to Townsville Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on Saturday at 9.30 for Sabbath School Kids Program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City.
Carly Fletcher with Follow the Lamb and Mon is about to give something away. So grab your phone. It is about to happen. Get ready to give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or to text us on 0491-064-669. I am giving away a book that is really important to me at the moment because I just ordered this book online and had it sent to me from Germany. I had it sent to me in its original language. It's originally in German. Okay. As a birthday gift for my father. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm holding the English version. Mm-hmm. And um, which, is, which, which one's better? Well... <laughs> I haven't read the German one. <laughs> it's called Steps to Personal Revival, and it is a very famous and well-loved book by Helmut Halbiel. Um, it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Helmut Halbiel, he was a businessman and a pastor, and after successfully working as a representative for a shipping company, he actually responded at the age of 37 to God's call to join the ministry, and he worked as a pastor for 16 years. Um, and after that, he was actually the director of an Adventist nursing home in Bad Eibling, Germany, where my father actually worked when he was a teenager. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. So he's a founder and editor of uh, Missions Brief, which is a mission newsletter in uh, in the German language. And um, and he's been, since retiring, he actually been working even harder and uh, he's been building up mission work in Central Asia and India. So did your dad ever know this guy? Or? I don't know, actually. I haven't told him that this is what I'm getting him. So I'm going to be posting it in the next few days. So we'll see what kind of response it gets out he's of him. He's probably listening to the radio, you know that, right? Yeah. yeah That's <laughs> probably all <laughs> been leaked on air. But he's probably like, oh, I used to know him. Like something like that. I don't know. I hope that's what it is. But it, yeah, it's a beautiful book. Um, and it's, you know, all about... Uh, provoking uh, personal revival and so many people have read this and they just you know really helps them on their spiritual journey is this this particular publication is full actually of nice pictures too it's full of, be- full of beautiful photography just beautiful scenes of nature it's a very um, you just get a sense of peacefulness as you go through it uh, but it's it's separated into segments and so you you know you do a portion every day um, a different chapter and you know it talks about you know you know what is the center of our problems and are other problems solve- solvable and you know key to practical experiences you know with God and it's it's a beautiful book and I, I really recommend you grab your phone right now give me a call 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 and if you're the first person through, we will send you a copy of this Steps to Personal Revival by Helmut Halbiel. Of course, if you'd like to text us with uh, text us for the book or question of the day or any other question you'd like to ask, uh, 0491-064-669 is our mobile number for text messages. And of course, we take messy, many messages all the time on Facebook. And so you can jump on our Facebook page there. Check out the Asian Aid link, connect with those guys, send us a message, tell Mon that you are praying for her, and at this time, stay tuned for more great programming. You are my joy, you are my song, you 
Like I'm all alone. 